0: back up a bit. Hmm. We started with the Lutherans over in Europe and started bringing them over here when we realized that what was going on over in Europe was pietism. We took some time to take a look at that. We got some Lutherans on the East Coast in the colonies and saw some organization they did. A little bit later, we talked about the immigration and how they came over in groups. We had a Prussian group. We had a a Saxon group. um, We had some Norwegian and Swedes uh, with it. We finally went back and started taking a look at the... A Saxon group from which the Missouri Senate came, um, in which Martin Steffen brought them over, and uh, they landed in New Orleans, they came on up to St. Louis, they finally bought some land in uh, Perry County, and they are uh, trying to to get things going when a uh, several women's uh, spoke up concerning indiscretions with Pastor Stefan, or Bishop at the time, and he is sent over the river, and now they are uh, trying to figure out concerning themselves. As I uh, was walking through the uh, kind of history of this, I began to speak about the uh, distinctions between the ministry, meaning the pastoral office, uh, as well as the church, and we've not gotten to polity yet. But we began to talk about that and realized that uh, there was quite a bit of, of confusion concerning that. I took some time to go over... Uh, the Lutheran Confessions, and we filled in the blanks, kind of seeing how the Lutheran Confessions, particularly the Augsburg Confession, uh, looked at the organization that God had set up with the the office, and then that would preach and uh, administer the sacraments, and that would create faith, Um, and then we saw how someone was placed into the Into the office itself. Um, I spoke a little bit about Walter and that's where things uh, at at the end of one of the lessons that's when things kind of uh, went south Uh, and so last week rather than clear things up my intention was to muddle things up and I think I did a pretty good job. I think at the end, what did I want you to see? Well, I showed you a little clip, and what were the Saxon immigrants doing? Well, they're down in Perry County. They've got their bishop across the river, and they're trying to figure out two things, and it has mired them in mud. Now, at first, I I think most of us kind of go, well, I don't see what the big issue is. That's why I wanted to spend some time. There were two questions that they were concerned about. Do you remember what those two questions are? Are we a church? Are we a church is the first question. Are we church? And they had to try to figure that out, which led to the second question. Are these
1: guys pastors that came over here?
0: Right. In other words, and do we have the ministry? Do we have the pastoral office among us? And we saw, like, the chicken and the egg, they were... Going back and forth, we saw the laymen uh, that were arguing with uh, Pastor Walther uh, concerning some of these things. We saw that even uh, Walther himself, the con- they had divided up the immigration into four or five groups, I think five groups, and they had sent each one of these, Bishop Stephan had sent each one of these, one of these guys to preach for them. Um, but after he went over, we're pretty sure that even Walther's "Quote congregation," uh, said, "Yeah, we don't want you preaching. Uh, we're not quite sure if you're a pastor, and we're not aware sure of your church." So there was all this confusion that went on with it. Um, I think we need to, as well, say, "Well, why, why is that?" Um, and I want to, I want to clear it up uh, for today why there was uh, such such confusion with it. So. Let's see, Um, and then I'm going to come back. Um, This is what I showed you last time. Uh, We had a sheet that I passed out in which uh, God gives the pastoral office, Uh, then that person needs to be rightly called, uh, elected, and ordained. You place someone in the office so that he preaches the word and sacraments we saw the right way to do this included an examination as well as a call as well as uh, the pastors and and what they are to do Okay, let's go back when you are uh, a Saxon and you're in Perry County and you're trying to figure out if you are church are you church? You have to take Pietism into uh, uh, into account. You might remember in Germany, they're over there. They got rationalistic pastors. They've got you know things going on they don't like. They began Pietism. Said, "Oh, we can't trust just the word." We've got to look inside to our piety. Um, It was designed to be a direct someone away from what does the word say to what's the effect of the word inside me. Are you a true believer? How do you know that you're a true believer? Because I've got Jesus down, down, down in my... That's pietism. Okay? Um, The Lutheran says you know do, do you believe yes the Bible told me Jesus died for my sins that's, I know that so it's, it's based upon the word what it says pietism to give you I mean to go with this again pietism got rid of private confession absolution the pastor saying that you're forgiven why pietism said you can't trust him why can't you trust him well he can't see into your see if that's the only way that you can tell we say, wait a minute, the pastor, based upon the word of God, tells me, it's a proclamation, I'm to believe it because the word's said, those who believe are, you know. Alright, so, that's, that's the distinction. Let's kind of walk through what happens. If you are a part of the Roman church, and you want to know if you are church, right, you're a Roman Catholic. Am I church? There's two uh, ways that, that people have spoken about this. The first is the general way. It's called apostolic succession. In other words, Jesus Christ, who has the keys... Those little blue things are keys. I, knew that. I know, you knew that. It, it, I knew that. Right. <laughs> Alright, so Jesus has the keys. What does he do? He gives them to someone who then by the laying on of hands and the ordination gives it to the next person who gives it to the next person who gives it to the next person and so there is a succession an unbroken chain of consecrations of bishops who then have these keys and pass them on but you better make sure then that you have one of these guys in your leading your church that's that's up in front. If there is a break in the line, oops, they don't have it. If somebody comes along and it didn't get this, uh oh, go- again, that's what it said. That's not the way it works. But that's what it's, that's that's what they say. It's called apostolic succession. So you say, well, I know I'm church if I'm with one of these guys. So tell me, based upon this, what is the definition of church? You
1: did. Well, I don't know what the definition is, but it's dependent on something man is doing.
0: Yes? You're We're not in the you've got a bishop. You're not a church unless you're gathered around a the bishop or someone that laid hands on the bishop and the bishop laid hands on the path. Unless you're, ga- that defines church. Church is being, making sure you're gathered around one of these guys. That's how you know your church. The Roman church did it one better. The Roman church said, oh no, Jesus didn't just give it to pastors or bishops or anyone in it. He actually gave it to Peter. Now how do you know that this is Peter? Because I put the triple tiara hat on. So the first Pope is Peter and that Pope gave it to other Popes and it goes down the line and it's always residing in the Pope so that all the bishops have to seek their ordination or their consecration from him and all the pastors have to get it from him or from the, the, the bishops but they don't get to pass it on it only stays with the Pope so there's an apostolic succession of hope but it's a papal supremacy so it's an unbroken chain of Popes this is what the present Roman church teaches.
1: Who holds to the first description? Who, is that the earlier Catholic church? Who are you saying holds to that?
0: I'm sorry. I that. Um, the Eastern <coughs> Orthodox okay. will talk this way. Uh, some of the Anglicans will talk this way. Um, there is a group of Swedish Lutherans that kind of want to kind of go, yeah, yeah, we forgot we still got it because one of ours goes back and before we left someone laid on hands on one of ours so that's okay so it, it's not like that's more I mean the most ancient is the scriptural and right. right? somewhere that got messed up into a couple of these Mary?
1: Since Peter was martyred and popes now are elected by men uh, what is their there? there uh, biblical authority to do that would it be like uh, uh, electing a new apostle to take over for, for uh, Judas Iscariot or what do you have any idea what they were basing that on
0: well I mean if your question is where can you find this in the bible you say biblical authority I'm sorry neither one of these are biblical Right. It's, there's no biblical basis for this. It's wrong. We don't teach it. The Bible doesn't teach it. They made this up. Okay. Both of these. So historical authority. And, and and historically, it didn't work that way either. Now, I mean, it's it's interesting. You want to do a little history, and you can find out that you know. Yeah, I think even historically, I don't think you can you can get it. In fact, there are times in which there's two or three competing popes. And we can't figure out which one is right. And there are times when it, I mean, it, it just didn't happen. And the papacy itself, historically, didn't jump up. But both of these are wrong, Mary. Neither one of these are biblical. Okay,
1: good. Does that work? Yes.
0: Okay. Thank you.
1: And that's what makes it heresy.
0: Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> I, I think I think we need to remember here that nothing, nothing in the church has ever gone smoothly. there's no logical explanation for why things go on and I think we need to remember that because if if you're trying to look for a a rational explanation for why something went on you simply have to go to sin I mean there's there's no other excuse for it if I want to sin I'm going to figure out a rational reason why it's okay and you're the same way with this first one again, just bishops, whatever you do see those I I will tell you back 20 years ago when some Missouri Sunday pastors went east went to the Eastern Orthodox Church and, and left and joined it one of their things was well, you guys don't even have a bishop but now if you can have a bishop, then you can be church so that's how you know your church If you are in the Roman (laughs) system, how do you know that you are church? I'm in communion with the Pope. If I'm not, I'm not church. You can do whatever you want here, guys. You can have incense, you can wear vestments, you can have pews, but you Lutherans here are not church because you're not in communion with the Pope. That's what matters. That's how you know that you're church. You know, you guys keep asking them questions. Well, what do you believe? What do you, and they, they go, I don't know. I just believe whatever the priest teaches. That's not their concern. I'm in communion with the Pope. That's how I know I'm church.
1: Is that why, even though a bunch of Catholics would say, oh, the Pope is real liberal now or whatever, but they won't ever break away because, in the end, it's the Pope that makes them Christians. Right. essentially the way they say They don't
0: it. mind a little criticism of him. It gets a little dicey when the guy starts spitting out some heresy, but, you know, <laughs> most of them, and, and then some of them kind of thought, well, they, when they start talking big, someone will turn to them and say, so are you going to leave the church? And everybody goes, oh, wait, yeah, no, no, we would never do that. You know, we'll wait, the next guy's better. All right, so that's two. The Lutherans. The scriptures. Jesus has the office of the keys. He gives the keys to the office. How does he do this? At one point, he talks to you got Matthew 16, you got Matthew 8, you got it mentioned in two different places. In one point, he gives it to all the apostles, in the other one, he gives it to Peter as an author or representative of the others. He gives it to the twelve to the leaders, to the pastors in the office, and they're to go out and to preach and teach. They continue to go out, and Paul tells Timothy, go and an ordain pastors. And in Ephesus, they have pastors, and he says that they are equal to the apostles in their preaching and teaching. They're shepherds in the church. And so there is an office. The keys are given to the office. You place someone in the office. The word and sacrament goes out. Where is church? Church is wherever the word and sacraments are rightly taught and administered. How do I know where the church is? I it's where there is the truth. Right preaching and teaching, right doctrine. I mean you know this, and you're just putting it into this category, you kind of go, Oh, okay. So that's how I know that I'm church, because I have the right teaching, the right doctrine, I believe, and I'm going where that is going on. That's how you know that you're church. Walther, with his piety, still in clinging to his sinful nature, as it is with all of ours, says, all right, so Jesus has the keys. And he gives it to everybody. Every individual who believes has the keys. So everyone who is a believer, you, 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 you all have it. Um, and then you hand it over to one guy to you to do it publicly. Because on Sunday morning, we can't have all of us standing in the pulpit. There's just not enough room there. And someone ought to be sitting out there listening. So let's just hand it over to one guy and have him do it. This is the transferal theory. This is what he came up with. Now, did he come up with this? No, as we're going to go back there after a year and a half or something like that. There's an Altenberg debate in which Carl Weza, who was a layman, put forth these theses, finally went back to Germany, and then, oh, I can't think of his name now. Marbach, another layman, picks that up, and Walther and Marbach have a debate. But what do we find? Walther takes Weza's theory as his own and then adds to it a couple of things to say okay now we can use it but he keeps this so this idea but with this how do you know that your church well according to pietism you don't know of your church unless you have that thing in your heart now we can say faith but most of the time, it's described as something else. It's described as the thing that happens after faith. That is, how do you know that you have faith? Because I have love for my neighbor. How do you know that you are a believer? Uh, be, because I love God's word. How do you know that you have faith? There's always something, something that's, that's, that's down in something else. It's not faith belief kind of stuff. It's, it's, it's piety down inside. Um, how do I know? Now, that's only me. How do I know about you? You don't. Ooh, but I'm I must hide. Unless I'm living a really good day. Oh, I see the way you're living, Mark. You know, and I see, you know, when I say stuff, you say, you know, praise the Lord. You know, you don't say potlucks, you say pot blessings. Uh-huh. <laughs> that really lets me know that you are one of the converted, right? Uh, when they came over from Saxony, they said, we are the enlightened ones. We left the rotten you know, whatever. So that's how, you No. Know, when Walther puts together a thesis, he says, how do you know where church is? It's wherever believers are. And so we got to make sure that we're with a bunch of believers. And once we have a bunch of believers, we know they all have the keys. And we know that they can give them to the pastoral office. Great. Now what happened? Well, Stefan got sent away. They're asking the check. Questions: Are we church? Where is the church? Well, if you like apostolic succession, you just make sure that you're gathered around a bishop. You're in that line. If you are Roman, you just say I'm in communion with the Pope. That works real well. If you want to go back to the Lutheran confessions, I hold to the correct doctrine and the right administration of the sacraments. But if you are Walther, you say, Well, I'm with a group of believers, and how do I know this? Well, because they lead a pious and enlightened life great what happens if we fall into grave sin what happens if the guy that we thought was the great leader is now gone then we don't know if we're believers bingo and that's why the questions about church are we church where is the church are, You know, that it's a problem it's a real problem because we thought you were one of the enlightened ones. And if you're not one of the enlightened ones, whoa, that could be that, that that's a real problem. Especially if your pastor is not you thought he was in the group and he's not in the group. Well now everything is is a mess. What a what how we how are we gonna go forward from this point? So what do you do? Well If you're laymen, like Beza and Marbach, you point to the pastors. And that's what you saw in the movie. What do they say? You guys are the problem. You're the ones that caused all this. In fact, we're pretty sure that not only are you individually a problem, but the problem is the pastor over what... Let's kick him off his throne... And let's make him just one of us. We don't want any more pastors anymore. That got us in, over. Now that we think about it, over in Germany we had trouble with the pastors; they were rationalists. Then they come over here, we got problems with pastors. It's pastors or the office. So that, that that's why Walter's system is not dependent upon the pastors at all. He can go through his entire theses and never mention the office. It's, it's when he talks about word and sacrament you kind of go well who's, who's preaching this because he never mentions it's a disembodied kind of, of thing um,
1: I have a bunch of books on Walter that I plan on reading before I die uh, you're, you're casting a lot of doubt on Walter as such Very good. and I'd like a balance of that by the time we finish all of
0: this stuff, very good. Um, there, this particular issue, um, predestination and absolution, are really the three points at which he digresses from the way that the church has taught before. Okay? Um, there are many other things long, with Long Gospel. Most of his stuff is really, really good, um, and, and, and all. That, and and as I mentioned last time I'm real careful because most of the people that followed CFW and Walter just did the exact same stuff that we're doing. The problem is, is that the next generation took his stuff and turned it into something else. So they sound,
1: you know, it, it was a little normal.
0: thing. It didn't sound like it was much uh-huh. but, but it did end up causing trouble right. later. But at the time Walter would have been pretty straight. So here's the situation. If you have A and B, I've got two possibilities. If you have a man who's in the office who has the keys and he's been preaching, you say, Great, we are church and we are holding to the word and the sacraments. Word being taught, the sacraments rightly administered what happens when there is no one in the office and that's what happened with the Saxons and you've got people the question now becomes what do you do? This is where they're going well I don't know I guess we'll have land well I don't know we can't have pastors preaching we got to, you know we don't know go back to go back and find someone um,
1: You're talking B is this, is, is
0: this what is happened their, this group this is the normal situation it works right. great when this comes up what Walter looks at this and says "Oh, well, we're going to have to go with a uh, transfer theory we're going to have to check the whole system I go why why didn't they just call a pastor from someplace like place you know, like north, the northern synods that they were community with why don't they just call? Why don't they give Walter a call? Yeah, I, mean they, they had I mean, they don't even have to go outside. That was one of their ideas. They go, well, we could go to northern Illinois and take a call there because those people know. I mean, it wasn't like there were no options, you know. This is not a crazy situation. In fact, um, if we go to Titus chapter 1 verse 5. What we find is that Paul had gone around to these congregations. He had been preaching. He had gathered groups of people. They are congregations. And now he says to Titus, he says, you should go and set in order, the things that are lacking, and appoint elders, this is another term for pastors in the the scriptures, and appoint elders in every city just as I commanded you. What does Paul want him to do? Well, there's congregations, they don't have a pastor so let's appoint them, examine them, call them, ordain them let 's put them in the office. why what? How does he describe this situation? it's just something that's lacking um it's an, another way to talk, speak about this. I think some of the other um, English translations call it unfinished it's just not done yet. Um, what do you do? Well, finish it up um I, so who are you going to call? Well, I, I, I know what the right preaching of the word is. I'm going to call a guy. I'm church because I know what I believe. I got doctrine. I, you know, um, should we send you a guy who thinks that the, word, that the uh, bread and wine just represent? No. That would be ridiculous. No, we're going to call a guy because we know. Just put someone in there. That's all we need to do. This isn't a hard situation. In fact, this is exactly what our Lutheran confessions speak about. And so in practice, you didn't need to go uh, to any kind of, of, of crazy thing. Uh, take a look at questions about. I'm wondering if some, you know, some of the background of this among the, among the people who were in these congregations didn't have something to do with the social upheaval that was happening in Germany at the time, because remember this is when ideas like you know Marx and Engels and those people were starting to <laughs> Revolution. to Yeah, that was already a problem in Germany. You know, the idea that anything anything that represents the establishment is a
1: terrible thing somehow or other.
0: Um, absolutely, I, be, I, yeah. And and I would say, you know, over in America, you didn't have the yeah, you had the American Revolution, but, but you also had this democratic kind of idea that that yeah, was going the on. We're the boss. There is nobody above us. Right, the and and everybody you know can do what they want. So you, you have that as well. As we move forward, historians will go back and and they will say you know sure. Now, um, some will debate whether you know Walter, having only been here a year and a half, two years, you know, was he imbued with the. Uh, 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 American spirit already, and some say, oh, that's too soon. They don't. Listen, it's a part of it. Um, Okay. Um, Your document from last time, just to point out some of the things, I took yellow highlighter and uh, uh, went went through it. When they talk about the church, where do you find it? Gospels rightly taught, sacraments rightly administered. That's what we said. Doctrine, that's how we know. Um, And uh, we do know that only believers, you know, are, are the ones that are saved. What the church is, but where do you find the church? There, the sacraments and word are effectually, by reason of the institution of Christ, notwithstanding they be administered by evil men. Even if we find that the pastor was evil, and you know, if you find that he's evil, you throw the guy out. I mean, absolutely. But the word and sacraments, rightly administered, rightly taught, are still good. They are still good. Um, going on, when we talk about ecclesiastical order with the apology, we know the church is among those who teach the word of God rightly and administer the sacraments are right. When we finally got to uh, the treatise on the power and primacy of the Pope, um, one of our documents in our, in our Lutheran confession, they make it very clear that uh, the power to preach the gospel, minister, do all things pastors do, belongs by divine right to all who preside over the churches, whether they are called pastors, presbyters, or bishops. So, it's been given to them in the office. Here's that quote from Titus that you might appoint presbyters in every town. But note what happens it is manifest. Uh, um, uh, It is manifest that ordination administered by a pastor in his own church is valid by divine right. Consequently, when the regular bishops become enemies of the gospel, they're unwilling to administer ordination, the churches retain the right to ordain for themselves. For wherever the church exists, the right to administer the gospel also exists, the pastoral office. Wherefore, it is necessary for the, church, for the church to retain the right of calling, electing, or ministries. So when they say things like, the right is given exclusively to the church, no human authority can take it away. It belongs exclusively to the church. Let me give you two, a couple examples. On the one hand, it is, it is saying that who can call pastor, who has the pastoral office and can call someone to be in it? The congregation, where they're like right, whatever. Walmart cannot call a pastor. Oh, well, what about the army? Can the army call a pastor? No. So how do we usually work something like that out if we've got members of our church who are in the mil- ministry or in the military? The church calls the pastor and sends him to go and do work somewhere else. So you might say, we want you to go serve the people that are in the military. Or we may call a pastor, we, we may uh, 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 call a pastor, we might send him up to St. Louis and say, we want you to start a church up there. You're our pastor, now go do your work, you know, there. So that that's, what we, but the military itself can't call a pastor. Um, Heron Hospital can't call a pastor now if we need you send me and I go over there and you know if if Heron Hospital says hey we'd like someone to come and preach and teach you know well I got a call here the congregation says go do it so you you have So granted so in one sense it's been given exclusively to uh, the church and wherever the church is here was the problem the Roman church wouldn't ordain the bishops the whatever hey we got another Lutheran pastor yeah they, we're not going to do anything for you guys <gasps> oh no we're not in apostolic succession. we're not with the Pope is that what the Lutheran said they said no 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 a pastor in his own church when the bishops become enemies that you can't take this away from the church The church always can have the pastoral office. Normally we're in a Senate. When a new pastor, you come and everybody has a part. Trinity Lutheran Church left the Missouri Senate. We were independent. We were in fellowship with no one else at that point. Pastor Arun comes up from Golconda. He's left the Missouri Senate and he comes here. And we said, well, you know, we'd like him to do ministry, preaching ministry, we'd like him to help to do whatever he can, um, but we need to give him a call. Oh, can we do that? We're not a part of a synod. We're not a part, you know, how? what are we? Yeah, we're a church. It's not a problem. So what did we do? We extended a call to him to after he'd been here, Sunday, you know, we have gotten to know him. We extended a call to him to do what he could. He obviously is retired, so he's not doing everything. So we, within the office, we call him a deacon. because he, he does some things, but not all. And on vacation, he picks up. So uh, we call him. Guess what? I'm the one to get it. Any other pastors come on over, you know, to recognize this? No, but it, it's all right. A uh, um, uh, pastor in his own church. Uh, It's 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 valid. So so that's what we that's what we did.
1: Is us setting up our own seminary kind of within that, or is that a whole different? And I shouldn't
0: even be pushing it. Um, We're now we we are in fellowship with a group of uh, of different pastors, congregations, and so setting things up. it does go through and it talks about the true churches wherever these things are going on Um, yeah there were times in which we want to make sure that the bishop or pastors of neighboring churches were brought in Uh, why? we want to make sure everybody has a part in this process Um, nobody is to be excluded from it Um, uh, the church retains the right of electing ordaining uh, ministers for themselves uh, this has is, this is always been done. So you, you see, here's the language that that we use. So when Walter comes along and starts using different language, language like we're going to hand it over and every member has this, and they can use this. Um, and, and he starts um, saying, oh, Ordination, oh, oh, that's nothing. That's nothing. It's the call from the laity that's important. It's not the pastors coming in and and confirming. Although, you know, we say, well, that was a part of being rightly called. So you see that what's going on is that uh, um, when and um, kind of move on to this. When he did this, there were other Lutherans that went. Think that's the way we do this, and he, and he goes, Oh no, over in America, this is the way, this is the right way to do it. But there were some arguments. Um, questions about this? Have I kind of cleared up the muddle from last time? Anyone else?
1: This Vasey that went back to Germany, what did Vasey? Um, Vasey,
0: Carl Vasey, and his daughter went back to Germany, <laughs> Yes.
1: Okay. Now, his idea was that the laity was in charge. So, what? So, but the German churches didn't believe that either, so I don't understand why he went back to Germany.
0: Yeah, I don't either. So, uh, that's, no, that's, that's a good, theory. I mean, you're right. Logically, you're running it all through. <laughs> that makes perfect
1: sense. Yeah, you're right.
0: It makes perfect sense, but why? I don't know. Um, and again, the normal, it was normal. Now, granted, alright so let me, let me just say with Lutheran confessions kind of thing let me give you the history Stefan has a call he and his congregation vote to immigrate over to America Right? they come over he's got a call as far as we know he was preaching and teaching and administering the sacraments correctly in this whole time granted he was uh, leading an immoral life which they didn't know about um, and so when uh, they removed him from that for that fact now they simply need to put someone into the office among them and they, they had several men who had already been examined whatever they could have put Walter in it they could have put whatever in it and, and they could have done it they didn't do that let me get one more thing, and then get... now concerning Walter and some of these four or five pastors who left their call. Yeah, that wasn't right. I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to support that. I'm not going to. I mean, you, you don't leave your sheep. The sheep need to be protected. If that means you say, well, if I stay, they're going to persecute me. You go, tough. That's what happens. The shepherd always is persecuted. But now that they're over here, I don't. I don't. If you did something wrong in the past, you know, we're not pietists where you have to write everything. You know, you try to, you know, I mean, if you if you if I stole your car and now I'm repentant, I'm going to return your car. But there are some situations in which you can't fix these things. Um, You know, uh, um, I leave my wife and I get divorced. And now my wife is remarried. You know, I figured this out five years later that I screwed up. I can't fix that. What do you do? Confess your sins and you go on. CFW author always said, yep, messed up, did that, whatever. It's time to go on. But for pietism, that's a big issue because now I'm not in line. No, now I'm not, you know. There's always that concern. I didn't
1: gather that there was any voice of orthodoxy and all those discussions that we've, was there? Was there
0: any? Well, in the movie you see where because of their concerns, they now start accusing Walter of confusing law and gospel and and other things, and Walter goes, I never, did, you know point that out, and Marbach goes well, no, it was the other guy's face, no. Anyway he goes, well, I, I can't really think of anything right now, but I'm pretty sure you probably you know um, you're leaving no more, that that's what they left. Me. Does that work?
1: Uh, I
0: don't know. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm uh, near What does uh, seventy-five say? What does seventy-five? What now? Yeah, I tried trying to read it. And I can't make it out.
1: He's looking at seventy-two.
0: Here. Right there.
1: Right.
0: The church retains the right of electing and ordaining ministers. The church has the right to do that always. Other questions? Well my question
1: these five pastors, did they not know the confessions? Did they didn't realize what what it said in the confessions about what so think it teaches people? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, these were the
0: five of the university education now bear in mind this is my
1: wife asking this question <laughs> well, really well I, I mean they should have gone so, back, they should have gone back to conferences and what do we do now alright
0: you no. grab me a hundred Lutheran pastors and let's put them in this room just no, right now no, no, go, no, go grab I them know, I you know. tell me how well they know the Lutheran not pastor. very
1: well ok but shouldn't they have shouldn't they, they have where they went, run away shouldn't
0: right. Luther have known the language that the church used and gone back to it yeah, I mean, all of these are kind of things that we go. Well, wait a minute. Um,
1: I realize pastors don't know everything about the confession. They um, remember it all, all the time. But I would think if you have a question, that'd be where you'd go. Yes.
0: You know, whenever we've had uh, doctrinal issues and problems and things come up, uh, um, you know, before we left Missouri, and, and we would talk about this, um, I, it, the the same thing like you say usually comes up in which I say, well, this guy did this, and this was wrong, and we need to say that. And, and, some, and some layman always says to me, well, I'm sure that they know what they were doing, and I'm sure they know the Lutheran Confessions, and there's probably a reason why they're doing this. And, you know, Missouri, Missouri couldn't be wrong. I mean, that's, that's the implication, that there's got to be, you know, how can you say that? And, and, but we've, we've gone, we went so far that before you knew it was right because you were in the Roman church. And then now we knew we were right because we were in the Missouri church Uh, and it couldn't go wrong because we are the true church. But the way the confessions speak is, is different.
1: I think this is a good example of why the reading list for those studying at St. Ignatius is so strenuous. Aspen and Jacob sometimes. The amount of reading that they're doing, studying the confessions from every direction, you'll have no idea.
0: <laughs> right, so when I, when I give you, I mean, I can give you the office of the ministry in, in 30 minutes. I can walk you through and kind of get it, but it's going to take me a long time of all the people that have messed it up. <laughs> and how it can be. so that that makes it very difficult. But, it's a good uh,
1: thing it's in writing, isn't it? Where somebody can but, refer to it.
0: But there's always those kind of things, Michael. So, had things gone so far off the rails that uh, Luther's name wasn't even mentioned, much less you know in, any of these educated Lutheran pastors actually went back. And, and, you know, yeah, for reference, uh, to, because Luther laid all of this out, you know, I, I, you know he gave a process for uh, calling pastors, he did, he did the whole nine yards. But yet, it, you, you know, it, it, it just seems to me like these individual people were more interested in their own self-aggrandizement than, than following Luther or following the truth. Maybe I'm. Off, maybe I'm no, i No, I. That, I. You know, I, I'm. I, I don't. Yeah, I'm not going to give. I'm not going to give Walter any evil intent. I'm not going to put him into a pride or a situation like that. But the Pietism did affect him. What, the reality is, is that when he had this bishop go oh, stuff in the he went back to reading uh, Luther's work, which had recently been republished because of the Reformation okay. anniversary again. So he reads a whole lot of Luther. When he comes back, he actually does cite Luther. But here's the thing. You know, Luther gives us the bare-bones doctrine just as it is. By the time we get to Walter, there's been so many people that have messed it up. And so we've had to, and really the Lutheran confessions kind of follow Luther, and they go through and go, let's put this down systematically so that we don't. Luther speaks in a very... He's right, but he speaks in a very general way. He, you know, He's just responding to Rome. He didn't have to deal with all this other stuff. Later, we had to. So, you know, just to say, C.F.W. Walter thinks that he is... When he grabs Luther, he thinks he's doing it the way the Lutheran confessions. But he's not. And that's his problem, and he doesn't realize it. Um, Patty? It isn't this how...
1: Um, there came to be all these other different Protestant churches, who were, were all these different entities, <coughs> and you know, it was like, oh, okay, so now we have an offshoot over here. You know, I I don't know if this is correct, I'm not that these are Baptist or whatever. Right. Is that is that how that? Happened? It's
0: the same kind of thing, absolutely. It's that same process, um, and so you think you're doing what the former generation, you're not. Um, well, I was
1: just going to say, I suppose these, these pastors. Maybe the reason was because they came out of a radical church and they did in their theological education, the confessions weren't emphasized to them.
0: Correct. So they didn't even think to go there. Correct.
1: Okay. Now, did you say that, that Walker and the, you know, the other pastors that, what, they resigned their calling in Germany, is that correct? Yeah. And that that, that, that was wrong?
0: That, um, about that. <laughs> <laughs> I know, let me do it in and connection. I something wrong, I no, no, sure? I think that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me <laughs> do that in connection <laughs> with this. Um, <laughs> back a while ago, I gave you one of the sheets. Um, it had in the back pages a summary from a church historian named Philip Schacht. Uh Philip Schaff is not a Lutheran, um, uh, but he does a pretty good job of explaining what's going on within Lutheranism at this time. Now, he's going to set it up into three different kinds of Lutherans. Okay? Three different groups. Uh, one of your sheets from the past... Has these three groups of Lutherans in it? It's it's from a while it back. It says
1: Norwegian immigration. Norway. Yeah, that's going to have that. I on, um, anyway. on
0: the Anyway, there are three groups of Lutherans. He divides them up into the new Lutherans, the neo-Lutherans, the old Lutherans, and the moderate Lutherans, uh, uh, which he describes as millet mil- Um, from Schaaf's point of view as he walks through and we're going to see it the new Lutherans are the ones out on the east coast that were um, formed early on we've talked about them they are ones uh, like the General Senate they became American Lutheran they got together with the Methodists finally when uh, Schmucker puts together his recension of the Augsburg Confession and he pretty well denies everything that's Lutheran he says yeah, the New says they pretty well gave up everything that was Lutheran. <laughs> um, and so he says, you know, they're not really Lutheran, but they do have Lutheran in name. He says, the old Lutherans are the ones that immigrated. This is Graval and the Prussians. This is Stephen and the Saxons. This is Norwegians. They immigrated. They came over. These guys are fully indoctrinated. And they're crazy about pure doctrine. And you can read it in their, their stuff. Um, uh, Shaw thinks these guys, uh, to put it in, in uh, terms, these are the extremes. These are the ones that are dangerous. They're crazy, you know. Um, but he says even they can't agree on the doctrine of the ministry. One teaches transference, one does not. One has concerning I mean, polity, one has a congregational authority, uh, and one has an episcopal or presbyterian. Policy. He goes, you know, these aren't even Lutheran. These are too Lutheran. Um, oh, finally we got the moderates. Schaaf loves the moderates. They're middle of the road. They're a little bit pietistic, but they keep the doctrine. But they got a heartfelt, and so you know, um, he likes them in your, one that says Norwegian Lutheran uh, and then you have this, just to give you a feel for uh, what what's going on the pastors in the old Lutheran group are for the most part well indoctrinated, faithful conscientious uh, self-sacrificing that's about the best that he's going to say about them, when, as he goes further he yeah. goes on to talk about how um,
1: narrow-minded
0: yeah, they're, they're a problem um, they don't do the experimentation of the new aleutrum they have the advantage of a firm principle a well formed dogmatic basis a logical consistency even though at times their logical consistency would lead them in an entirely different direction from one of their fundamental points they're not even in agreement among themselves he's crazy you know. Um, this is us, he's talking about us uh, he says the doctrine of the minister which has become a firebrand of controversy among them uh, of the strict symbolic Lutherans, those that hold to the confessions, and they're doing it strictly. That's their problem. Uh, despite honorable agreements of doctrine, they're spread into two enemy camps, and they're vying with each other in their church papers, and they're just downright hateful. And that can't be Christian, is what he's saying. When he gets to it, he says the Senate of Missouri, which was organized in 1847, since has grown rapidly represents represent in this controversy especially the Lutheraner edited by Professor Wather what does he, they teach the usual Protestant point of view which considers the ministerial office as the mouthpiece of the universal priesthood the priesthood all has the keys and the pastor preacher he's the mouthpiece for all the people behind him and what does Shaw say that's just Protestant they're just doing what all the Protestants do. I'm going. You know, he's not Lutheran, but he figured it out. Um, but he thinks that's a good thing. What about the Senate of Lutherans immigrated from Prussia? What about Doctor Grabau and and his stuff? They present the Catholicizing doctrine. <gasps> Boo! So I can't believe they're they're doing what the Catholics do. It's not. We're not. We're not. We're just doing what Lutherans do. But. Uh, um, this is set forth in the Unformatiorum so uh, the Lutheraner was Walther's. this is Grabau's, edited by Grabau. it bases its stand especially on the doctrine of ordination oh that's the problem they're they're going back to the pastors and ordination see it's Roman the pastors over the people that's the problem um and so this is what this is the way he explains it um so we've got, but we've got the moderate Lutherans. They stand in the center of these two extremes. Oh, moderation is always good. Uh, the Pennsylvania Ministerium, uh, they've come a long way. The Joint Senate of Ohio kind of goes back and forth. Um, anyway, the old Lutherans, they don't give the moderates much time a day, he says. That's the problem. They ought to, but they don't. Why? they've been here too long, and its leaders are too Americanized already so um, they they won't deal with them. so you kind of have this threefold the new Lutherans, on the other hand, they've really given up all specific specific characteristics of Lutheran doctrine and distinction from the Roman Church. So this is what we find so if i'm going back to Speak about what's going on with the immigration. The immigrations come over, Saxons, Russians, they come over, they're strictly wanting to hold to the Book of Concord. Again, Walter fudges a little, but they're trying to hold to the Book of Concord. And the old Lutherans, they're not even Lutheran anymore. There's some moderates that are doing stuff, but they won't have anything to do with them. And then you look at these, and now there's arguments among themselves that's what we're left with at this time but I want to show you and I want to uh, illustrate what this is that when Walther does some of this stuff the old Lutherans well they don't even care they don't even know what's right the moderate Lutherans are still trying to figure it out it's only these others and among these groups the, the, the Norwegians and the Prussians well, that's not really the way we've said it before you know you're using language that doesn't I mean we, we try to keep the same language so we know we're doing the same thing, and it wasn't going on, and that's that's the problem. Um, we'll find that these churches appear to be doing the same thing in practice, uh, but their doctrine has changed just a little bit. All right, so that gets me to uh, hopefully cleared up the chaos that I presented last time, Um, (laughs) as well as to show you here is what's going on in America with the immigration. We now got them over. They're now starting to talk to each other. Uh, uh, Grabo thought he was going to get together with uh, the Stephanites, (laughs) and then uh, they, when Stefan left for about two years, maybe three, you don't really hear from them because they're trying to figure out their mess and Gravel's going forward. Um, but we're going to find that they end up kind of bucking heads. That pretty well gets us uh, uh, through. There is gonna be some organization. We'll kind of uh, put that together as we go. Um, let's stop there if there's any other questions. Mary?
1: Uh, I thought I'd wait till the end to ask this when Stefan was sent to Illinois what happened to the women in that situation I mean and just just guessing as to what the community was like if, if the pastor had dalliances obviously there were women involved and what would have been happening to them
0: um, his housemaid uh, followed him over the river yeah. and stayed with him until he died um, after he died, she returned to the Christian, to the community and uh, in, Missouri. in went back to the Missouri Synod uh-huh. and was I, I don't confessed and was received back into membership.
1: What about other women? The other women just
0: stayed in the community and were forgiven and went Live on.
1: About okay,
0: hmm. That's what happened. Yeah, I had a follow up question, but I don't remember so well. Um. So I, who, did you ask me a question? Who, someone asked me a question and I said I'd get back to it. Yes. What, did you ask me? Oh, I was asking about
1: why, why was Walter wrong to give up his...
0: Oh, to give up this call. Yeah. Um, I'm out of time. Yeah, I will deal with that first off. Um, because, and the simple answer is this. If it is a divine call, then God places you in the office. That means that if you are out of the office, God has to take you out of the office. And God only does that in one of three ways. Death, false doctrine, false living. So there's what we call a terminus of the divine call. A divine call is never time limited. You don't ever call a pastor and say, would you be our pastor for a year? You say, you come to be our pastor, and it's Forever, unless he gets another call, or unless God terminates. So, for you to say, "Yeah, I just don't want to be a pastor anymore," okay, it's... yeah. Normally, that doesn't happen. I there may be. I mean, there, I think there are probably emergency situations, or there's things were health, or something. You know, I mean, uh, or something. But normally, that doesn't happen.
1: Okay.
0: let's break. Heavenly Father, you have created faith in our hearts through the pure word which is preached and you sustain it with the right administration of the sacraments. We ask, dear Lord, that giving us that assurance uh, that we might continue to gather uh, where these means are. Uh, We ask it through Jesus Christ, our Lord.
1: Amen.